Welcome to the latest initiative from The Good Source to break the power of the lying harlot media, an independent news service to meet the information needs of everyone who turned off the six o'clock news long ago. I'm the founder of The Good Source, Dave Pello. Before we get into this week's stories, I want to take just a moment to explain what this is and why it's so exciting. My objective with this initiative is to start with what I can manage right now and work towards bringing you a five days a week news bulletin which you can stream on demand via video or podcast or read the stories one by one on the website goodsource.news. It's too big a job for me alone. So I'm gathering a team of volunteers who can contribute ideas and even help write the stories free from opinion and commentary and just present the facts without the agendas and narratives which made us turn off the six o'clock news. Take notice as you watch, listen to or read this week's stories that there's a deliberate truthfulness replacing the euphemisms pejoratives and other loaded word choices you'd find in these articles elsewhere. Part of the problem, politically, is low information voters, people who have allowed fake news and fear porn to be the only information they receive for all of their lives. And these people then vote for government policies with no firm grounding in the real world where debate and nuance are normal. There are two important ways you can help this urgent mission. The first is to help cancel big tech by subscribing to our email updates and getting the updates straight from us without social media algorithms acting as gatekeepers for the information you are allowed to receive. And to then share those with your friends via social media as long as they let us. The second way is to become a voluntary good source supporter. We need an army of supporters investing just $10 a month in this mission so we can hire reporters and a full team capable of bringing you quality, professional news bulletins five days a week. Parliaments are a reflection of the people. The people are a reflection of our culture and our culture is heavily influenced by the agendas and narratives controlled by the media. But this is how we fight back. And if you'd like to help, I'd love to build a team to fight the fake news and fear porn with your support. Head to goodsource.news forward slash support and let's get started. In this first episode, Essendon forces their new CEO to choose between his church and his job. Tulsi Gabbard quits the Democratic Party and urges others to follow and Liberal MP Karen Andrews campaigns to keep Novak Djokovic out of Australia, but Labor will overturn the three-year ban. Essendon Football Club has controversially accepted the resignation of new CEO Andrew Thorburn after a public storm fed by mainstream media. Premier Daniel Andrews claimed the views of the church he is chairman of are absolutely appalling. City on a Hill, a group of eight congregations, teaches traditional Christian doctrines regarding homosexuality and abortion, which are consistent with the overwhelming majority of Bible-believing denominations and congregations. According to Seven News, Daniel Andrews claimed, quote, I don't support those views, that kind of intolerance, that kind of hatred, bigotry. 
it is just wrong. To dress that up as anything other than bigotry is just obviously false. I hope we can get ourselves on the back page of the paper a bit more often than we're on the front page." End quote. Port Phillip's deputy mayor, Tim Baxter, who describes himself as bisexual, misrepresented the church's traditional views, calling the Christian sexual ethic they teach homophobic and the commandment against murder anti-healthcare. Based on this misinformation, he urged others to resign their membership with him. Quote, I've made the difficult decision to resign my Essendon FC membership and those of my children due to the Essendon board's decision to appoint the chair as a homophobic and anti-healthcare church to the position of CEO. I urge anyone who cares about queer rights to resign also." End quote. Andrew Thorburn announced his resignation as CEO a little more than 24 hours after commencing in the role, after Essendon forced him to choose between his role as chairman of his church and club CEO. Essendon president David Barham told press gathered at the MCG that Thorburn was upset about the position the club had put him in and the ultimatum he'd been given. Quote, he was upset, really upset. He wanted to be CEO of Essendon Football Club and he was upset. In the end, Andrew decided that he would stay with his church and he couldn't be CEO. It was about his position as chairman of the board. Those views of his church didn't match with our views and values." End quote. Andrew Thorburn has described the religious discrimination he's experienced at Essendon FC in a LinkedIn post, which can be read in full. In it, he says, Today it became clear to me that my personal Christian faith is not tolerated or permitted in the public square, at least by some and perhaps by many. I was being required to compromise beyond a level that my conscience allowed. People should be able to hold different views on complex personal and moral matters and be able to live and work together even with those differences and always with respect. Behaviour is the key. This is an all-important part of a tolerant and diverse society. Despite my own leadership record, within hours of my appointment being announced, the media and leaders of our community had spoken. They made it clear that my Christian faith and my association with the church are unacceptable in our culture if you wish to hold a leadership position in society. This grieves me greatly, though not just for myself, but for our society overall. I believe we are poorer for the loss of our great freedoms of thought, conscience and belief that made for a truly diverse, just and respectful community." Andrew Thorburn's statement goes on to say, "...my faith is central to who I am. Since coming to faith in Jesus 20 years ago, I have seen profound change in my life and I believe God has made me a better husband, father and friend. It has also helped me become a better leader. That is because at the centre of my faith is the belief that you should create a community and care for people because they are created by and loved by God and have a very deep intrinsic value. As it happens, I do sometimes disagree with things I hear in church, but I believe strongly in the right of people to say them, especially when taken in context." End quote. Guy Mason, pastor at City on a Hill, Melbourne, posted a note of thanks to those who had offered support and encouragement. He described Andrew Thorburn as, quote, a remarkable leader with courage, humility and love. He is a man of great character 
and I am inspired by his conviction and integrity. It is these very character traits that would have made him a great success at Essendon." End quote. In response to Essendon's post on social media announcing, the board of the Essendon Football Club has accepted the resignation of Andrew Thorburn as CEO, and linking to the full statement, members, fans and the general public alike had mixed reactions. Some of the comments with the most agreement were condemning the Essendon board for their role in Thorburn's resignation and not buying the widely published narrative. For example, quote, Absolutely disgusted in the Essendon Football Club, a person's religious beliefs or other personal opinions are not a part of their employment. You have bowed to the small minority who are not accepting of people who have differing opinions, which has no bearing on a person's ability to do a job. Quote, Margaret Phipps. Quote, so let me get this straight. Essendon is an inclusive, diverse and safe club where everyone is welcome and respected, unless you happen to be a Christian, in which case you can naff off. Is this the sum total of it? End quote. Andrew Stagg. Quote, FFS, nothing wrong with Andrew Thorburn being CEO of EFC. We are all allowed differing opinions, but it appears these days, if we have this differing opinion, we are vilified and bullied. Our society is going totally backwards." End quote. Leanne Hounsell. Quote, So you are inclusive, diversive and welcoming to everyone except those of us who are Christian. Unbelievable. As a 45-year supporter of Essendon who is also a Christian, this makes me so upset. He wasn't pushing his values on the club. He was just doing his job. Can't you see the irony of what you are doing? End quote, Tracy Henderson. Quote, another form of Christian religious discrimination that is allowed to occur. I'm sure the Muslim players in the AFL have religious views different from the rest of the league, but are accommodated. I'm not happy to be an Essendon supporter with this discrimination. End quote, Emma Walker-Kimpton. Culture commentator Bill Muhlenberg described the course of events as, quote, blatant anti-Christian bigotry and hatred, end quote. Scholar of political theology Jonathan Cole wrote, quote, the fact that the CEO of a sporting club has to step down because of a sermon posted on the website of a church he is involved in nine years ago is a sign of cultural immaturity, plain and simple. It is no longer the character, words and behavior of individuals that matter, it is the individual's associations that now count for everything. Even the most flimsy, historical and tenuous associations are enough to cancel you." End quote. Tulsi Gabbard has called for independent-minded members of the Democratic Party to join her in leaving the party. Gabbard is an American Samoan elected to the Hawaii House of Representatives in 2002 at age 21 an Army Reserve combat veteran who served in a medical unit. She was also elected as a member of Congress in 2013 and served there until last year. She nominated radical socialist Bernie Sanders for president in 2016 and stood herself as a candidate for the Democratic Party in 2020 before dropping out to support career politician Joe Biden. She faced harsh criticism from fellow Democrats for her unwillingness to parrot party talking points during the Democratic primaries, but spoke about the Democratic Party with controversial honesty. She frequently appeared on Fox News to criticize the Obama administration for its inability or unwillingness to identify radical Islam as the real enemy of America at that time.
In a 2019 debate with other aspiring Democratic presidential nominees, Gabbard explained why she had described Hillary Clinton as, quote, personification of the rot that has sickened the Democratic Party, end quote. Our Democratic Party, unfortunately, is not the party that is of, by and for the people. It is a party that has been and continues to be influenced by the foreign policy establishment in Washington, represented by others, uh, including Hillary Clinton, their foreign policy, by the military-industrial complex and other greedy corporate interests." End quote. During the campaign, Hillary Clinton touted an unsubstantiated conspiracy theory suggesting that Gabbard was being groomed as a third-party candidate to erode Democratic votes and favoured by the Russians. Since then, she has argued, uh, Gabbard has argued classically conservative positions on abortion, gender theory and parental rights, and has been a featured speaker at CPAC USA in February this year, which brought condemnation from local Democrats. After years of increasing frustration and friction, Tulsi Gabbard announced on Tuesday that she is leaving the Democratic Party. Quote, I can no longer remain in today's Democratic Party. It's now under the complete control of an elitist cabal of warmongers driven by cowardly wokeness who divide us by racializing every issue and stoking anti-white racism, who actively work to undermine our God-given freedoms enshrined in our constitution, end quote. The announcement was made on the first episode of her new video podcast, The Tulsi Gabbard Show. Gabbard has turned on Joe Biden after supporting his nomination for president and saying he has a good heart in 2020. In her first episode, she explained, quote, President Biden campaigned on a message of unity, healing the partisan divide, bringing the country together. He just gave a big speech saying supporters of President Trump are the most extremist group in our country and a threat to our democracy. That's half the country, end quote. She also observed, quote, Today's Democratic Party does not believe in our constitutionally protected right to freedom of religion. Now the Constitution recognises that our freedom comes from God, not the government, not any government. Unfortunately, the Democratic Party leader rejects this truth and are hostile towards people of faith and spirituality and actively try to undermine our religious freedom." End quote. Tulsi Gabbard concludes her statement and first episode by inviting. Quote, so today, I'm calling on my fellow common sense, independent-minded Democrats to join me in taking action. Join me in leaving the Democratic Party. If you can no longer stomach the direction that this so-called woke Democratic Party ideologues are taking this country, I invite you to join me. End quote. Novak Djokovic will be allowed to play in next year's Australian Open against the wishes of Liberal MP Karen Andrews. Djokovic was automatically banned from entering Australia for three years after the Morrison government's immigration minister, Alex Hawke, decided the tennis champion's vaccination status risked influencing Australians to ignore government health advice. Hawke ordered Djokovic be deported the day before this year's Australian Open tournament despite the healthy athlete having been allowed to travel here with a medical exemption. The exemption was validly granted by the same standards everyone else could apply for one and was upheld by a federal court judge. The CEO of Tennis Australia and boss of the tournament 
says he neither has nor will ask the federal government to overturn the ban, a decision which is within the new immigration minister's power. At today's launch of next year's tournament, Tiley remarked, At this point, Novak and the federal government need to work out the situation and then we'll follow any instruction after that. It's not a matter we can lobby on. It's a matter that definitely stays between the two of them and then, depending on the outcome of that, we would welcome him to the Australian Open." End quote. Tiley revealed Djokovic had told him he was keen to compete next year and that the federal government had not communicated anything to him about the former world number one's visa status. Victorian Sport Minister Steve Dimopoulos has also indicated the state government had no intentions of advocating for the former nine-time champion to have his three-year ban overturned. Shadow Home Affairs Minister Karen Andrews has gone several steps further though and emotively campaigned on ABC Radio Melbourne to keep the athlete out. Mrs Andrews opined, quote, It would be a slap in the face for those people in Australia who did the right thing, got vaccinated, did everything they needed to do, if all of a sudden Novak Djokovic is allowed back into the country simply because he is a high-ranking tennis player with many millions of dollars." End quote. There is no evidence the Albanese government immigration minister, Andrew Giles, considers Djokovic's personal wealth the best reason to overturn his automatic ban. The Australian Home Affairs website advises people entering Australia do not need to provide evidence of vaccination status, nor complete a passenger declaration, nor travel exemptions if unvaccinated. There is also no suggestion that Novak Djokovic has infected anyone in the other tournaments he has competed in globally since being sensationally ejected from Australia. The possibility of Djokovic not being allowed into Australia has not dampened enthusiasm for ticket sales, with pre-sales already breaking records. If he is allowed to play in Melbourne in January, the Serbian national is a firm favourite to win. He remains ranked at world number seven, despite having won his 21st Grand Slam title in July at Wimbledon. The competition was stripped of its points to offer players because it excluded players from countries involved in the Ukraine conflict. Mr Tiley explained that players from Russia and Belarus would not be excluded from the Australian Open, but could not officially represent Russia, its flag or anthem, and instead would compete as independent players. According to James Campbell at the Sunday Telegraph, senior government sources have said, quote, an in-principle decision has been taken to allow the Serbian superstar back into Australia if he applies for a visa, end quote. Well, that's it for this first episode in this bold mission. You can subscribe to email updates on our website, goodsource.news, where you can watch woke-free news on video or listen to the podcast at any time and share the stories on social media or become a monthly financial supporter. Thank you for your time and see you soon.